are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Today we're going to be talking about USC in a very in-depth preview. Uh, in the first segment, we're going to be breaking down their offense as a whole, so their quarterback, skill, position players uh, as well. And then we're going to be talking about the defense for the following segment. Who we need to watch out for as Jaden Daniels and company go out to battle uh, against this defense. And for the third and final segment, three total players to watch out for on either side of the ball. Thank you for giving us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. Richie, it is Thursday. We are getting closer and closer to that game, man. But uh, besides that, how are you doing? You know what, Connor? I'm actually doing pretty good. I am looking forward to a rebound game. I'm looking forward to playing a pretty depleted USC Trojans team. I'm looking forward to playing them at home. I'm looking forward to playing them on primetime. And more than anything, I am looking forward to hopefully a inspired Arizona State Sun Devils football team. You know, all I'm going to say is is if we talked about a, a, a um, what, what was your word? You didn't say comeback win. What did you just call it? A rebound win, right? That's what we said the week before. So we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, he this this one's off the glass this time. <laughs> Remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z thirty six. Follow our uh, Locked On Sun Devils page on Twitter as well. That's going to be at L O underscore Sun Devils. Uh, also, remember to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us Monday through Friday on the Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Richie, for this first segment, we're going to be talking about USC's offense. Who They've been they've been pretty good, especially compared to the rest of the Pac-12. Uh, obviously, we've talked earlier this week about them losing wide receiver Drake London, who would have been one of the players to watch, one of the best wide receivers in the nation. Uh, so very unfortunate what's happened to him. While it does benefit us for a week, you never want to see a guy that talented ever get hurt. Uh, but as a whole, uh, USC leads the Pac-12 in yards per game at 458. That's an average. That's what they do on average. That means there's games higher than that, there's games lower than that. So uh, clearly through the air, they're getting it done, whether it's Ben Keaton Slovis or Jackson Dart. Uh, They're averaging 315.3 yards per game, uh, which is by far the most in Pac-12. Second close would be Washington State at 259, which we probably only upped their average a good like 50 yards per game, I think, after last week. Yeah, that's that's probably it. Just that one. Yeah, just 50. Uh, but rushing yards, they seem to they seem to struggle a little bit as they're closer to middle of the pack at 142.8 per game, uh, compared to just Arizona State, who averages 193.9. Uh, so not bad at running the ball, just not necessarily outstanding. Uh, in terms of points per game, uh, they are fifth best in the Pac-12, uh, sitting just at 31.3, which is right above us at 30.3. So uh, overall, general thoughts on the offense in this upcoming game. I'm just curious what it's going to look like without Drake London. So we were looking at the statistics for this team coming into the game, and London was leading the charge by a lot. I mean, the dude was a Fred Bolitnikoff Award finalist, like, put in stone, and 
Heck, he still might be a finalist because of how dominant he was. He had 88 catches over 1,000 yards and 7 touchdowns. The next closest guys were in like the 30 catch range. No one had over 400 yards. And the next closest guy had 5 touchdowns. And after that was a huge drop off. I mean, without Drake London, I have no idea what to expect from this Trojans offense. And I mean, they've got some players throughout. They've got two pretty decent quarterbacks, depending on who starts between Jackson Dart and Keaton Slovis. Well, that I mean, that that remains to be seen. But I, I'm just so curious how big of a step back that this offense is going to take because you'd be arrogant or you just wouldn't know what you're talking about to say that losing Drake London is not going to set this offense back significantly this is a huge loss like cannot be overstated this would be a loss like if if Arizona State lost Jaden Daniels just imagine how far back the offense would be set that's what's going to happen with USC losing Drake Drake London is that dude I heard a comparison coming into the year that I just absolutely loved he's Mike Evans for USC and in more ways than one He's got the big, long build. He's 6'5", 200-plus pounds. He's physical, uh, deceptively fast, good hands, strong route runner. But the dude was just a great, great talent and the focal point of that offense. And we came into the year thinking that was going to be the case. And he ended the year, unfortunately, early. But he ended the year being exactly what we thought he could have been. And when the draft comes around, if he does declare... I think he's a safe first-round pick at a bare minimum. But the point is, going into this week, is they don't have Drake London. They don't have their offense. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, we, we just talked about the fact that they have the most yards per game on average. Um, I'm not quite sure where it's going to come from. It's not that they don't have other skill position players. It was just... It was, by and large, Drake London had set himself apart as the best overall player on the offense, regardless of their quarterbacks. After him, it's a pretty big drop-off from any receiver to tight end on their team. We'll break that down in just a little bit. But I am curious if they start to run the ball a heck of a lot before going into this game, which at that point, you're kind of changing the offensive identity of the team. Uh, so at, at some point, like you, you got to let Keaton Slovis do his thing, but if they're not able to move the ball through the air effectively against us, you got to think they're going to try to go to the ground game, uh, especially if their wide receivers aren't necessarily getting it done. So after after Jake, Jake London, they've got a, a couple different guys who excel essentially in a couple different areas. So Taj Washington is their second leading receiver in terms of receptions uh, as well as receiving yards. But get this, the, the receiving yards drop off from London at 1,084 all the way to Washington at 396. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, so the fact that you have a, a, that... It's not just crazy, it's stupid. It, it, first of all, it just shows you how good Drake London is. So at that point, if he's just always open, I'd be throwing it to someone who's 6'5", uh, with that kind of a build as well. So, But London had seven touchdowns in the year. Washington only has one. And part of that might be because they, they just are so hyper-focused on London that it doesn't give some of the other receivers a chance, per se. But at the same time, if to me, if you're talented enough, like you're going to get more looks than what some of these other guys are getting. Uh, then right behind him, you have Gary Brandt Jr., who's got 24 receptions uh, for 298 yards and five touchdowns. And then after that, it is seriously like almost pick your poison of whoever else you want to go with between some of their other tight ends and wide receivers. Did you say tight end? 
Uh, yes, they do, in fact, carry tight ends compared oh, to no. watch. Hey, we got blown out against a team that didn't even carry one. I, I can't imagine it gets any worse. But now we have to play a team with tight ends. The, the butt kicking just comes from a different part of the field. That's all it is. Had enough yet? No. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see when the game comes because I've absolutely had enough for the last two games. So, uh, But those, those are really the three main receivers to watch out for. Uh, but then they've also got Keontae Ingram, who's going to be their running back. And he's been a stud this year, averaging 6.1 on the ground, and he's got five touchdowns. It's it just, again, I'm curious how much they're going to lean on him versus trying to get the other wide receivers involved. I think that you almost have to lean on Keontae at this point. And it, they have to a certain extent. He has 125 carries on the year out of, it says 251, but you got to take into account that Keaton Slovis has quote-unquote 23 rushes, and he's not a mobile quarterback. But Keontae is more than 50% of their carry load if you want to take away all the sacks that Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart have taken. He he is definitely going to be the guy that they're going to rely on at least this week, maybe not moving forward. But we got to realize that Drake London just got injured. That means they're going to have an identity crisis. They're not going to know what their offense is going to look like. And for all we know, it could come out guns blazing and just absolutely dominate us. But there's also that strong chance that they just come out flat. If I'm Arizona State, I try and key on Keontae Ingram early and often and dare the quarterbacks to throw to any receiver that's out there, whether that's Taj Washington or Gary Bryant Jr., either of the tight ends being Malcolm Epps or, or uh, Michael Trigg. Keontae Ingram also catches the ball a little bit too for what that's worth, but... Yeah, I, I would stop that run, contain it, and tell the quarterbacks, beat me with your arm. If this was uh, essentially everybody was healthy, right, and they have Drake London back, I'd be very concerned about this offense, especially after the way Washington State moved the ball against us, which we talked uh, last week about essentially we gave them the ball so many times on our side of the field that they were bound to put up points. Not even that. like It, it felt like several times throughout the game they could score almost at will or at least move the ball against us, so... Without Drake Lynn, that will be a big loss. I, I, obviously, that gives us a much better chance on defense. Um, so if they're not used to uh, Taj Washington being that number one wide receiver role and they're kind of out of sorts on offense, um, I am looking forward to a defensive matchup that might give us the edge there. So with that, that is the offense essentially as a whole. Stick with us. We're going to be talking about the defense for USC in the second segment. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come and reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries. It's a great place to stop after a Little League game or getting some McDonald's after a big sporting event, taking your kids out there for birthdays, grabbing McDonald's after a busy day at work you're late to something, or you need something delicious and dependable. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Somebody say Locked on Sun Devil's Watch Party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. We're back for our second segment of a Thursday edition on the Locked on Sun Devil's podcast. Now we're going to be previewing this USC defense, if you want to call it a defense. Uh... Not nearly as impressive as the offense. Um, even with some of the struggles in terms of like uh, the quarterback play or at least quarterback injuries, I should say, for USC, 
The defense has not necessarily held up its end of the bargain. In terms of the Pac-12, they're not giving up uh, the most yards or they're not allowing the most passing or rushing yards per se. They might be uh, towards the bottom of the list in terms of the Pac-12. But in points per game, they are second to last. They are giving Who's up... Who's last? You uh, of... Uh, sorry, uh, uh, New Mexico Community College. Yeah. Actually, it's, just, it's Mexico Community College. Uh, uh, Northern, Northern Mexico Community College, Tech A&M. It's uh, it's the Wildcats allowing 31.8 points per game, which is for sure the worst in the Pac-12. But then uh, just behind them at 28.6 is the USC Trojans. So even if you want to say like a, a bend but definitely break defense, I've never heard that before, but we're going to make that a thing. They, they don't – they're, they're absolutely – you can take advantage of them, whether it's on the ground or through the air, but it's not like they're the worst in yards per game. But when you get in that red zone, they just seem to collapse. So that's going to be something for Jaden Daniels to be able to take advantage of. That as long as they can move the ball, which I expect that they should be able to do it, uh, USC as a whole has been allowing a ton of points per game. Yeah, and USC's defense just has a slew of really talented players scattered throughout, but they don't have they don't have like they they do have a guy. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is they don't they don't have a, a group that can step up. In, in any point of the defense. They don't have a great secondary. They have a decent pass rush, but, I mean, take Drake De- Drake Jackson out of that pass rush and what are they doing? Linebackers are whatever. I mean, the whole defense is just kind of lackluster, short of a couple players here and there. But, I mean, I, I already said his name. I'll say it again. Drake Jackson. Connor, that dude is an animal. He's the guy that's keeping me up right now. Understandably so. Uh, another guy is defensive lineman Tui, uh, sorry, Tuli Tui Pilatu. Uh, he's probably going to be their solution, or at least uh, going to try to be their solution against ASU's run defense. Uh, dude's been phenomenal against the run. Uh, he's got three and a half sacks in there, even though two of them did just come against ASU, or sorry, uh, Arizona last week. Uh, but either way, if they're going to try to run up the middle, he's going to do all he can to be able to stop uh, whatever running back ASU tries to throw their way. So if there's not a ton of guys on this defense that I should be worried about, it's not that these guys individually aren't great. But kind of as you mentioned, they don't have a core where I feel like ASU's got some studs at each level, whether that's Tyler Johnson, uh, Darian Butler, or, or Jack uh, Jack Jones. Um, they've just they've got guys all over and good complementary players, and it just doesn't feel like this USC defense has that. Well, and it's not like the coaching's there either. For one reason or another, obviously, we can't talk enough about the fact that they don't have a head coach right now because Clay Hilton got fired midway through the season. I'm not sure who the interim guy is, but I, I mean, there, there's a clear void of leadership on that team right now, offensively and defensively. That's why they're kind of stuck in a limbo. But the, mo- the more I look at this defense and the lack of like exceptional players on there outside of Drake Jackson, I mean, is there really that much to be worried about? I feel like they can't really stop a nosebleed. I don't think so either, and, and like I said in the last segment, if they did have Drake London, I think this would be a completely different story. Even if we could go score in their defense, um, I think he'd be able to take full advantage of us as well. Uh, dude's been absolutely on fire this year, so without him and potentially the offense even putting their defense in some bad situations here and there, uh, I really don't expect the defense to be much of a struggle. Now, it feels like at times, it, it happens in a lot of sports, it's not just Arizona State, but playing down to your level of competition the offensive unit as a whole has to look at how bad this defense has been, at least in terms of, of, of giving up points. You've got to take advantage of that. 
if they come out flat in the first half, kind of like they did in the, uh, the first half against Washington State, and they can't put up very many points, I, I'm just going to be at a loss of words at that point. Like, there, there's not really anything else you can say. It's almost going to be embarrassing if you can't put up 25 to 30 points, at least on this defense. But where Washington State's defense wasn't god-awful, <sighs> admittedly, have I watched every USC game this year? No, I haven't. But Washington State's defense is a lot more well-rounded than USC's is. And that's that's a really weird comment to say because it feels like USC, if they have anything every year, it's a solid defense, and it's not it this year. In some situations, it didn't even have to be the fact that the defense is so great. Um, an example to last week, we turned the ball over. We gave them the, a lot of these turnovers. Not that some of them aren't earned. Uh, the one on chip training, he was spinning and just wasn't protecting the ball. Uh, Brian Thompson uh, dropped the ball on a slant. Like we, we caused a lot of our own problems. So I think if we can stay out of that area, um, and we're not turning it over at least nearly as much, turnovers do tend to happen. Uh, even if it's not a perfect game, if we can just not turn the ball over like four or five times in the first half, I really think our offense is going to be fine as a whole against this defense. Yeah, and the good news is there's not really anyone on this defense that can force the turnovers. I, I Like I said, if there's one guy that's keeping me up, it's Drake Jackson. Drake Jan... <laughs> Excuse me. Drake Jackson is definitely the guy who's going to wreak havoc on us. He's going to get his sacks. I don't think there's any stopping him or slowing him down. If if there is, then we need to seriously give Kellen Deesh like all the money in the world that he wants. Like just give him like a truckload of money if you can find a way to completely neutralize Jake Jack. Goodness gracious, Connor. Drake Jackson. Try saying that five times fast. I can't. I can't. I can't even say it one time normal speed. <laughs> uh, so that's their defense as a whole. Uh, just to reiterate what I was saying, if if ASU is not turning the ball over, they should be able to score almost at will on this defense. Uh, if they do struggle coming out of the gates, I'm not sure it's going to be a very good game for this ASU team. Uh, next, we're going to be talking about several different players to highlight specifically on either side of the ball. Uh, come back for our third and final segment. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back for our third and final segment of the Thursday edition of this Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Now we're going to be highlighting a couple of different players specifically on USC to watch, not just their offense and defense as a whole. Richie, I think it's got to start at the quarterback position. Whether it's been Keaton Silvis this year or Jackson Dart, they've gotten a ton of production out of either of them. As we mentioned before, without their number one receiver, Drake London, I, I think it's going to be much harder for them to do what they, they would like to do through the air. But regardless, for a team that has the most passing yards in the Pac-12, you got to keep an eye out for either one of these guys. Something to watch is interim head coach Dante Harris has not aimed a starter for this upcoming game. Ooh. Uh, currently, as it is Wednesday, as we record this podcast for our Thursday episode, uh, the game is on Saturday, primetime. They still have not named the starter. It doesn't feel like there's been a quarterback 
controversy throughout the season. So I really do think it's going to be Keaton Slovis, and I'm just not that worried about it. Um, I don't know if they're try trying to keep their like cards close to the vest per se, uh, and just like last minute, a couple hours before game time. Actually, yeah, Keaton Slovis is starting, and just making us try to prepare for Jackson Dart. But uh, I'm also hearing some rumors that they're trying to keep Jackson Dart's playing time down so they can potentially redshirt him as a freshman. Uh, and keep him potentially at USC for an extra year. But again, something to watch as far as their quarterbacks go. Uh, without naming a starter, as of right now, I would expect it to be Keaton Slovis. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely the safe bet is to go with Keaton Slovis. He's the guy who's been playing the majority of the year. And if, especially if the, if that rumor is true that they're trying to keep Dart's uh, play snaps at a, at a minimum so that they can give him that red shirt and keep them with the program longer than power to him. And power to us, because Keaton Slovis does not scare me. I think he's a very solid quarterback, but I also think that he's a college quarterback, and he's limited. You win with him, not because of him. Now show me what you can do without Drake London. That's the thing. is Keaton Slovis could absolutely earn my respect this weekend if he can still come put up some yards and points against this ASU defense through the air. And even then, like at the end of the day, if Keaton Slovis' box score does not look great, but the offense as a whole plays well, that's all that matters. Right, if Keaton Slovis is just being efficient, the, the ground game's working for them. He makes passes when it has to. I don't care if he doesn't have any passing touchdowns in this game. If the offense is working and essentially he's managing it for them, uh, that's all Slovis is trying to do at this point. So, but if he can have some of these other receivers step up and essentially almost torch our defense, Slovis would absolutely earn a ton of my respect. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I'm not a Slovis hater. I actually went into this year as a very, very huge fan of Keaton Slovis. And in terms of draft talk, I thought he was definitely like a top five quarterback and arguably, if not definitively, the best quarterback in the Pac-12. But unfortunately, Slovis has not been what we had thought he would continue to progress and become. And because of that, he's just another guy, unfortunately. So, Next guy we want to highlight is Keontae Ingram. Uh, he is a senior running back, six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, dude's been a stud for them, even though he's not the most featured player in this offense. Uh, we talked in the first segment. We think Ingram might be the way USC tries to go in this game, as long as the ground game is successful uh, and they're continuing to move the ball. He's averaged uh, just over six yards a carry on the ground this year. Um, I really do think Ingram is going to see probably close to twenty-ish, maybe even twenty-five touches, whether that's on the ground or through the air, because he does. Uh, catch some passes here and there. Uh, Ingram's going to try to be their at least one bright spot on the offense, and if they can spread the ball out and move the ball uh, effectively, I think they'll try to do that as well. Well, and that's something that I talked about in the previous segment, or two segments ago. We talked about the offense in the first segment, excuse me. That was something I talked about, is I think that they're going to be relying on Keontae Ingram to carry the load while the offense tries to figure out what, what its identity is going to be moving forward, because USC is going to want to throw the football. That's always been something that they've been very good at. But the problem is we need to figure out who they're going to throw the ball to. And in the meantime, we can't just leave Keaton out to drive or Dart if he does end up playing. You can't leave them out to drive for, to dry throwing at guys who have not earned the trust that are that, that's needed to captain a good passing attack. So that's where I think uh, Keontae Ingram gets really involved is just give him the ball, let him pick up some easy yards, get, get yourself to second, second and seven, seven, second and six, sh shorter yardage situations where you can try and work the intermediate parts of the field and figure out 
where you're going to be able to throw the ball. Unfortunately for them, they're missing Drake London, and the first week that they're missing him, they have to play one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. So big-time bummer for them. Bottom line, I think Keontae Ingram goes into this game as the main focal point. And like I said in the first segment, I'm Arizona State. My whole priority is to shut him down. I agree. I think that's the that's the whole goal for the defensive line is if, if you can stop Ingram, that's going to force Keaton Slopes to try to move the ball through the air. And I'm not saying he can't do it, but if I have to bet on someone beating us, it's going to be Ingram. Dude's been a bruiser. He's been a stud. And without Drake London, you have to focus on Ingram. If you can stop him, I really do feel like you can stop this offense. And at that point, if if Slovis is starting to beat you through the air because uh, they want to try to open up more running lanes for him, uh, sorry, for Ingram, excuse me, uh, I'm, I'm going to let it happen almost until we need to make an adjustment. If our defense and our secondary can't hang with some of their other wide receivers, okay, like that's where the defense can start hopefully before halftime and just say we need to focus a little bit more on Slovis through the air and try to stop Ingram as much as possible after that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I don't think the defense is going to have just an easy night. Uh, I think the offense is still more than Drake London. Uh, how much of it is left, that's yet to be seen. Last player, we talked a little bit about him. It is linebacker Drake Jackson. Uh, as far as the defense goes, not, not this incredible defense just full of talent per se. Uh, but as Richie was highlighting before, Drake Jackson's been a stud, uh, a little bit of a, a do-it-all linebacker. He does have an interception on the year as well as five sacks. Um, so as long as you can keep the ball away from Jake ja- Drake Jackson, wow, now I'm starting to have issues. I, I think it's a, it's, I yeah, thought it was. Yeah, you, you want to point and laugh at me, huh? I, I thought it was a you thing. Now Drake Jackson just has to change his name to something that we can say, or at least we need to get smarter. One or the other, I, I think him changing his name is much easier to do than us raising our, our, our IQs. So... But with that, if you can keep the ball away from Drake Jackson, and at that point, I really think you're going to be able to take advantage of this defense. Richie, closing thoughts on Jackson. Monster. That's it? No, 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 no. I talked about him a lot. I, I don't think there's much more for me to expand upon other than telling you that this dude is seriously good, and I am incredibly nervous about him. The rest of the defense, not so much. I think that we can carve him up, but... Just like I want you to key in on Keontae Ingram on the offense, I want you to key in on Drake Jackson on the defense. I, Connor, he, he makes me uncomfortable. We, we have played some really solid teams this year with some really solid defenders. Drake Jackson might be the guy I've been the most nervous about this whole year. This dude is legit. Dude, 6'4", 250, so it's not like he's not a, a presence standing out there at linebacker. Plus, he wears the number 99. How does that just not strike fear into you? As 99? Oh, dude. Yeah. Garan- guaranteed. What's he have on here? Five sacks? He's he's going to double that. Double? Wow. Triple. Uh, so, uh, triple? Uh, I mean, you save- see that five? Add a zero behind it. <laughs> save, save the bold takes for tomorrow, my friend. Uh, speaking of tomorrow, make sure to come back for a Friday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, essentially what the experts are saying about this game. Uh, I'm, I'm already going to say it now. Uh, the ESPN Power Index had like ASU winning as an 87% lock or something against Washington State. Well, I don't trust that anymore. We're going to we're gonna reference it anyways. So uh, come back tomorrow. We're going to look at what some of the experts are saying. Uh, also, we're going to be going over uh, essentially some betting odds, bold predictions, score predictions uh, for a fun football Friday. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. 
Now make sure to give Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day uh, with Pac-12 expert Sydney Robinson, who gives you all the Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less. Keep it locked on with Locked On Sun Devils.